Hi, today is December 17th, 2023. I'm Todd Agasawa, my good friend, a good Dr. John Westfall. That is me. I am good as good as possible. Yes, it's nearly nearly the holidays, which yeah. means that uh, it's a good tech shopping time and also a bad tech shopping time. Yes, because it might not ship to you in time. Yeah, and it might not be as good as uh, as you thought it was going to be. I have a couple of interesting uh, things to report that I bought that we can we can talk about. Oh, great! Uh, but yeah, so what what's new with you this week? Well, a uh, couple of things I wanted to mention. I mean, nothing. I didn't buy anything new. It's interesting, maybe. Uh, but uh, first thing I wanted to mention is Amazon has something called Amazon Your Books, capital Y, capital B. Amazon Your Books is a beta. And if you go to uh, Amazon.com slash your books, you will see uh, not just not just, uh, you know, physical books that you may have bought, but also audio books and comic books and and all kinds of stuff. So it's and it gives you recommend. It's basically another sales tool, but it's also kind of neat to see, you know, what what do I have? Um, yeah. And you can filter by genre and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and you can turn discovery mode on and off. Turn mine. Hey, I can't turn mine on. I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, that's just Todd's book. Says I'm logged in. But anywho, there's that. So I wanted to mention that because that's sort of interesting. It's a Amazon, you know, having God. I think 2009. It says I've been an Amazon buyer. And mine goes back to 2000. So I'm I'm gonna take a look at this and just see what. Uh... I can find on it. Uh, you know, I've been recently trying to play around with some books and changing some things about how I do my reading, trying to use oh. Goodreads more often to actually log what I read. Uh, but yeah, it's really interesting to kind of look back and see what I bought. Now, of course, some of the things I bought were gifts, and yeah, so they're sure. fun to, to see the sorts of things there. Uh, but let's see, what's the farthest back? I actually think I know what my first purchase was on Amazon. It's interesting. Uh, I don't know what mine is. Going all the way back, it's... I buy a lot of books on Amazon, apparently. Yeah, I'm sure you did and do. And it does not does not have my first book on there. Because if I remember right, and I'll go back, I think the very first book I ever bought on Amazon, I think the first thing I ever ordered on Amazon was a book, and I think it was the APA Manual 5th Edition <laughs> while I was an undergraduate in college. <laughs> For those who don't know, the APA is American Psychological Association. <laughs> yeah, and it was the the fifth edition, and I you are now on the seventh edition. Uh, but yeah, let me let me see here. Orders placed in oh gee, I can go back to nineteen ninety five, but I didn't have any. So that's interesting. You can go back to nineteen ninety five, it just goes you didn't have any orders in nineteen ninety five. So why is it even an option in the drop down for me if I didn't didn't have it here? Okay, so I didn't buy anything in ninety eight. I didn't buy anything in ninety nine. Let's see, 2000, there's, uh, I have an order, but there's a problem displaying the order details. But now I'm curious <laughs> really what this was that I apparently bought, and it, it can't bring up. So my order from 2000, I don't know what I bought, but Amazon doesn't either. So I guess that's fine. And the first order I can actually see the, the, the stuff from is August 19, 2001, Publication Manual of the American Psychological Association. There you go. Uh, fifth edition, I paid... $16 or yeah, $16 and 76 cents for it. And I think I still have it, which is even more bizarre. Well, you know, I just rechecked and my, my memory is faulty. And it, it, you know, when you said 2000, see, I'm older than John. I must have been a member earlier or a customer earlier. So 
I go back to 1998, and when I go to my uh, to my list, it says uh, there is a problem ordering. There, wow, this makes no sense at all. <laughs> this it says 1998, uh, and it says there's a problem displaying your order. The details of your order right now. View order details. Let's try refreshing this page and site so try both. Refreshing doesn't help. This is 1998. Uh, view order mm-hmm. details. Shows me my current order. So, uh, yeah, you're in the yeah. same boat I am. You don't know what you ordered, but neither does Amazon. Yeah, which is kind of sad. I, I'm kind of looking to see what year that what 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 was the first year you actually found stuff. I'm up to 2000 with nothing so far. 2001. Oh, me too. Had anything that I could still look up? Yeah, so me too. I guess we know when Amazon's database, uh, their current implementation of their order database, uh, yeah. is live too. Well, the first book that I have in my order list that it knows about, you know, it doesn't say there's a problem displaying details, is December two thousand one, a professional ASP XML book. So exciting, very exciting. It is. It's got a lot of. And then you can see stuff I ordered for my daughter, like Pokemon action combat figure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can, it, it's been long enough. You can admit now that was for you. <laughs> that was a hide. <laughs> but uh, Three Little Pigs. Yeah. Huh. Oh, the yeah, Three no, Pigs. I go back. <laughs> I go back to 2002 and I have a present presenter remote that i still own as well so apparently the older the stuff i have on amazon the more likely i am to still have it which maybe <laughs> is a, a testament to how the stuff that we used to buy on amazon might have been better quality than some of the stuff we end up buying today on it yeah, well i think that's for sure and you know a lot of stuff today is made of plastic and they break and the old days are made out of steel and they probably still work at least i know that's the case for me but anyway Anyway, so that's Amazon Your Books. Um, my discovery. Oh, is it not still not working? That no, it's but discovery mode is not working. In fact, none of the buttons click. None of the buttons are clickable for some reason. Yeah, mine. My, my buttons weren't working either. I had to go back to just Amazon.com. So I think the you Your Books page might need a little huh. bit more. Before you you have to. It, it, it has like a four part little bubble wizard you have to go through. Now I I went through all four of them and which are really tiny. It's a tiny bubble. Um, like the Don Ho song. And you can, uh, and now I can click discovery mode on. And it's showing me more like, uh, you know, a book I, I, I guess I just ordered called the breakthrough effect science fiction novel, I think. And so it's showing me, some, Oh, I guess it's a thriller. It's a science fiction thriller novel. So it's showing me other thrillers, but anywho. Okay. So there's that. That's, that's kind of fun. Um, and, and it says your books, personalized space, explore all your print, Kindle and audible books. There you go. Andrew. Hmm. Yeah. The other thing I want to mention is, um, and I think I may have it out of order, but I I turned on Microsoft Insider for Office for myself recently uh, on uh, on Windows. Previously, it only been turned on, I think, for my Android device because I wanted to play with some Excel on Android. But I'm kind of hoping I didn't go with full beta because I think it's dangerous. I went to Insider Preview and I'm waiting for a Python for Excel to show up for me. And so, well, it. Might be a long way. Go ahead. No, go ahead. It's go ahead. funny that you mentioned that because I just swapped my MacBook over to beta on uh, Office because in PowerPoint, I had a weird bug with the current stable version of PowerPoint where the oh. Microsoft Designer tab wasn't working properly. Oh. 
And I use that quite a bit to do layout of different PowerPoint slides and everything. And I would have to close PowerPoint, reopen it. Then it would work for one slide and then it would stop working. So it was very frustrating. Uh, so I just swapped to the beta and it's working just fine again. So apparently <laughs> there was a bug that Microsoft had in the stable versions of PowerPoint that uh, now the, the, the bug has been solved. But that, it's the irony, you know, when you go yeah. to an unstable to get stable right. uh, features that have been working fine for years. I think the uh, designer tab has been there now for at least a year, and I had no problem with it uh, until about a month ago. And huh. so since they, since they won't let you roll back to previous versions, then uh, I don't know what else to really do at this point. Yeah, that is, yeah, that is pretty weird, but... Um... And then preview, I assume you didn't try preview first and then go to beta. So you went full on beta. Yeah. Yeah. Let's I, I did try preview first, but oh, yeah. I was already in that. It was already in that realm for me. So, oh, so it's broken. They were the same build. Yeah. The same builds. Yeah. So I had to go to beta. Wow. That is ironic indeed. So, at any rate, so I've got a link to Microsoft Insider blog for people who are interested in the preview or beta program. And again, really, the only thing I'm really interested in is Python for Excel. Um, and honestly, I haven't checked if it's available in premium mode yet. I think it's only available in beta right now. So since you're in, I think when you go to when you go to Insider Beta, everything's beta, right? Not not just PowerPoint for you. Yeah, yeah, everything yeah. is. And uh, you know, and there's still such a disparity between Mac and Windows because oh. you're talking about doing this on Windows. Um, and I booted up a Windows virtual machine recently to use Windows Excel because there's a power uh, a pivot table uh, function that's only available that I needed in Windows Excel and not Mac. Uh, really? Which so I had to... function is that? Out of curiosity. Uh, to the ability to add your data to a data model. Data models are only in Windows, not in Mac. And so I needed to get a unique count of a, a certain value, like how many of these to these. And for that unique function, it only works on Windows. You can't get that same function on Mac. That's interesting because, you know, when my, when my daughter um, went into an MBA program years ago, I remember she said, oh, I need to get like, um, you know, the, the 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 program says you have to run Office and Windows. And I go, and she's a Mac user. So I had to end up buying Parallels for Mac with, uh, with a licensed copy of Windows. I think it was 10 at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she could run the full Excel. But it made sense, you know, because it not only that pivot table function, but also I think there's no macros in. There are. Yeah. Yeah. There's. There's some legacy stuff. It's kind of interesting what's still on Windows only Office just because of the legacy, you know, the way that it's built. You know, I think about, uh, I think that it would not surprise me if, for example, this data model feature is built in some form of the old Jet database engine or something like that that's just baked in and you can't get it anywhere else, you know? Yeah, legacy stuff is fun. For sure. And so, yeah, I guess that's a tip of the day for, you know, for Mac users like my daughter and, and John and me are mostly Mac users. Is there some things you just can't do on a Mac, unfortunately? And it's no fault of its own. It's just that yeah. Microsoft chose not to implement all the features in Microsoft Office if that's what you have to use. Yeah, sometimes you need a Windows virtual machine or a Windows VPS 
um, yeah. which I think is what I might end up going to, uh, depending on how virtualization of Windows on M1, M2, M3 MacBooks and such mm. works in the future. I may end up just using a VPS for the the rare times I need Windows, uh, but we'll see. Right now, I still have my Windows virtual machine. It's the same Windows 10 virtual machine that I've had on three or four computers now. It just keeps moving around with me, uh, which is sort of nice, too, that you just copy a virtual machine file and bam, it's got all the stuff from years and years and years uh, in there, but... Yeah, the other uh, thing, you know, you might be able to try that I, I can't as a, you know individual user is a Windows 365 because you're at a university. Um, you know, you might be able to get a license for Windows 365 and run it on, and, you know, get a web browser essentially on your on your Mac or whatever using iPad. I'm looking at the license yeah, for Windows. I could look into that, but I, I sort of like to keep uh, most of my stuff separate from my university IT as mm. possible. Just to, Got it. you know, be able to not have any conflicts of interest in a set right, of right, right, resources right. and all those things. But yeah, that is something I've thought about uh, as I think about what the future of my Windows usage is. Because I only use Windows maybe once or twice a month on my personal machine, but on yeah. work, everything at work is a Windows machine. So yeah. I end up having to use Windows all the time uh, in desktop, you know, on desktop machines and then classrooms and that. Although I was at a faculty and staff meeting last week where there were about four or five faculty members and about 10 staff. And it cracked me up that all the faculty members were on MacBooks that were largely their own MacBooks. And uh, I think only one had a university issued MacBook and the others, uh, all the staff were on their university issued windows laptops. So if, if there's a stereotype of a windows and a Mac user, they're, they're <laughs> definitely still accurate stereotype. Uh, yeah. So anywho, uh, Microsoft insider program, um, not Windows, but for Office. I haven't been uh, done Windows beta testing in years and years and years. Um, I do remember, by the way, as a, as a side note, when when the, when, micro, when Chicago, which became Windows ninety five, mm. was in beta, what was it that stopped working? I think I couldn't access CD drive or something weird like that. It was it was just a giant pain uh, in one of the beta, and there were many. There they were releasing betas physically on floppies i think every month and so i had a ton of floppies because mm -hmm. there's like 19 20 floppies per release but anyhow next thing speaking of not exactly beta but i started recording some um, videos on my iphone 15 pro max in spatial video format even though i have no plans to spend mm -hmm. three hundred dollars plus prescription glasses um adapter for the vision pro and that's because apparently there's some third-party hardware coming out to be able to see it. In particular, one is called, let's see, it's called, the, the name of the company is Zappar, Z-A-P-P-A-R, Zappar, and the product is called Zapbox, Z-A-P-B-O-X, and it says Zapbox is the most affordable smartphone-powered mixed-reality headset and first to support viewing spatial video created in iPhone 15 Pro and Pro. I think it's $80, which is, you know, not a mathematician, but considerably less than thirty five hundred. <laughs> yeah, well, it is, uh, and I, I still, I've been back and forth on the fence about Vision Pro for a while, but uh, I'm leaning away from it. But man, it still looks cool. So I'll, I'll be very curious to see what it looks like when it comes out. 
Yeah, well, with, with your credentials and your position, you should apply for a grant. I mean, you know, a small grant, $10,000, dollars 30000 and, you know, say, hey, I need to do this for my, you know, cognitive research. <laughs> I'm sure you can think of something. <laughs> that is true. I, I could come up with a, a valid research plan for it. Uh, anyway, if I were you, I would do that. <laughs> Um, so I'm, I think it's available now, um, or soon. So I'm, I'm giving it some thought. Uh, is it available now? Not sure what they're saying. Can I buy it? Sign up sections. It's, it's, oh, that's the article Zappar. Click the wrong one. Clicking as we talk. Um, is it available now? Is it available now? Buy now. It says buy now. Delivery in seven to 14 days. Oh, I am so tempted. <laughs> I am so, so tempted. Oh, you can't blame me for this one. You're tempting yourself with it. Yes. Yes. Uh, let me see if the shipping is another 80 which is still cheaper than buying a Fish Ed Pro. Okay, so with shipping, it's 100 bucks, ninety nine ninety eight. Mm. Tough choice. It is. Yeah. Interestingly, one of the options to pay is Google Pay. Uh, I, hmm. I don't see Apple Pay. <laughs> Card. Well, you know, uh, yesterday or the day before, I went and bought something at a local retailer that uses Square hardware for their point of sale, which will yeah. you know, takes Apple Pay, and I paid with my watch, and you would have yeah. thought that I just moved mountains. The woman was so shocked. She had never seen anyone pay with their Apple Watch before, and so I have either you that think... Well, yeah, there are certain areas where I go and it doesn't bat an eye because people do it all the time. But it, right. it's interesting how weird that divide is. That there are parts of this country where you can pay with your watch, nobody even cares, nobody even notices, and that other parts of the country where no one has ever seen it happen in the wild ever, even though it's been around for almost a decade at this point. Yeah, yeah, I, I I've seen people pay with their phone. Um, I mean, I haven't seen anybody use a watch, including me. I, I, I don't use my watch to pay for stuff. I guess I could. But um, so did the lady say, what magic is this, sir? She was just shocked. She had to go get someone from the back to see it, too. They were they were just shocked over it. <laughs> I like it. I'm, I like I'm it. planning on going back this week to purchase another thing there. So I'll probably do it again and I'll probably throw them off again. So. You know, you know, we had a, here in Hawaii, we have a, a former governor. Still alive, a former governor who, before he became governor, was known for wearing what can only be described as a sorcerer's cape uh, <laughs> regularly, not for Halloween. It was quite a character. But anyway, I suggest you get a sorcerer's cape because you've got the beard and everything. So, oh yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd enjoy that. So that might be the next thing I need. I always say at graduation when we're dressed in robes that we should just teach in robes again because it's so much easier than having to put on, you know, pick out a wardrobe for the rest. Yeah, of the time. of course you'd have to have multiple robes then. Well, yeah, but that's fine. You know, I can have multiple sets. <laughs> you can be like a judge. <laughs> yeah. So speaking of uh, shopping and, and buying things that uh, for this time of year, I found a couple of interesting things this week. Uh, yeah. I know a few people that, you know, their kids are starting to get to an age where they're thinking about maybe a first smartphone. And uh, I was thinking about, you know, a lot of them tend toward the Android side because those tend to be lower priced devices. Nice. But there's a lot of junk on the Android side. So I found a, a nice roundup this week that Android Central put together that's kind of the best cheap Android phones. 
when we're talking about the three fifty to five hundred dollar range. Of course, you look at them and they're usual usually last generation phones. You know, sure. things like last generation galaxies and pixels. Uh, so that's one option uh, that I can put in our show notes for this week. Of course, the iPhone SE is an option for four twenty nine. Uh, and Mint Mobile has an interesting deal going on right now, if you live in a coverage area for them, for a Pixel 8 Pro with a Pixel Watch. Okay. So that's uh, $799 for Pixel 8 Pro and a Pixel Watch, which isn't a bad gift option if no, you know people good. are interested in, in jumping into those things. Or for themselves. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was something I thought might be useful to our listeners that, you know, especially if you're always buying the high-end you don't really know what's going on on the low end, and you just know that there are Android phones that you've seen that run horribly, and you don't want to accidentally buy one of them, uh, right. which is one of the things I come across in the wild, especially while traveling. And people hand me their phone and say, oh, I can't figure out how to do this. You're a tech person. Can you figure this out? And I you know, I can definitely tell if they just got whatever the free phone that their carrier was offering or if they actually picked out a phone because... Uh, it depends on how frustrated they are with it and how frustrated I will quickly become with it. Yeah, so I'm checking Mint Mobile's uh, coverage map. Uh, let's see. I, I don't have any intent to go to Mint Mobile. I, and I think Mint Mobile is now part of T-Mobile, right? Yeah, they were just recently purchased. So they're yeah. still in their own world, but they're they're definitely affiliated with a larger uh, group yeah. now. So and they were always necessarily in T-Mobile. Yes, yep. yes. So my guess is if you look at T-Mobile map, you can see where Mint Mobile is available. And I'm looking at their map, and it sure looks like that. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing that came out this week uh, in terms of money is Apple has agreed to settle a class action lawsuit on family sharing. Mm. Uh, And I got an email from this a couple of days ago, went to my spam. So make sure you check if you uh, had a active family sharing plan with a subscription uh, at some point in, I think, 2015 to 20 or something like that, you're eligible to file a claim. Uh, so that's something to look for. And especially when you see those things in your spam, you go, well, is this legitimate or is this, you know, junk? And it's it, legitimate in this case. Is it from Apple or is it from like an attorney? It will uh, come from one of these, you know, websites that's set up for... Uh, you know, a class action lawsuit. Yeah. Um, in fact, let me see. I can actually look up what exactly it came through as. Peters versus Apple Sediment Administrator. So the domain is petersfamilysharingplan.com. P-E-T-E-R-S-F-A-M-I-L-Y-S-H-A-R-I-N-G-P-L-A-N.com. Okay. Take a look in your inbox for that. Yeah, I searched earlier. On mine, and I don't, I don't see it. So, perhaps you might not have had an Apple yeah. sharing back then. Yeah, I'm trying to think when you convinced me to get Apple One. <laughs> might have been after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All righty. Another interesting thing this week that I came across uh, in in AI news: uh, a blog post on integrating Google Gemini with R, and oh, uh, the demo that. Uh, I came across was very interesting. It was basically an R shiny application. So if you're not familiar with the shiny framework, it's basically a uh, framework to build responsive web apps using R code. 
And so a quick little demo that basically lets you upload a photo and you can ask Gemini to analyze what's in the photo and it will report back to you what is in the photo. Uh, so it's just interesting to see how easily some of these things could be used by more programmer specialist types who don't really think of themselves as developers, but maybe think of themselves as stats folk uh, yeah. to build some, some automations that could be used for business intelligence or even your own AI dashboard. I thought that was fun, and I expect we'll start seeing more and more of that over the next couple of months as we see people decide, hey, how can I, uh, I was using, in fact, I built something that I'll talk about later this week where I was using Google Bard and asking it really technical questions like, hey, give me a snippet of PHP code that does X, Y, and Z, and it was popping it out, and I built something that would have normally taken me two or three hours in under an hour. Yeah. Uh, wow. Pretty happy with that. That's a time saver for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I have to say that I'm really impressed by uh, Google Bard powered by Gemini right now. Um, I've been using, I don't use ChatGPT anymore, but I do use Bing Chat. You know, their, their ChatGPT, I think it's 3.5 powered um, chat bot. I do use Bing a lot. And it seems to me like now, at least with, with the Gemini behind it, Google Bard is giving much more detailed responses to questions. Um, including questions about itself. You know, when you ask it to reflect upon itself, it being either Bing or Bard. Um, like I asked, I, I think I said, you know, are you, is is Google Bard um, putting out uh, basically, you know, conspiracy theories? And it gave a reasonable answer. Uh, Microsoft Bing, on the other hand, gave a, also a reasonable answer, but it was much shorter, less detail, less nuance. So it's it's interesting. Um Gemini may have eclipsed the GTP, at least the 3.5 chat GPT powered bar, uh, Bing right now, I think. Yeah. Well, although it doesn't deserve losing in interesting AI times. It is, isn't it? I mean, who would have known back when I was trying to build, you know, like 10 cell neural networks? <laughs> 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 and boy, was it slow. <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to go do library or something maybe it'll be done when i come back <laughs> but uh anyway Speaking... and we're not the fastest you know language of programming anyway yeah oh well no but you know it, it's hard to it's funny how some of those faster languages it takes you more time to figure out what you're doing with them than to actually write the code so this is know, where's the savings gonna be you know in execution yeah, or in writing yeah true 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 um and then that's why, you know, you use stuff like, uh, you know, higher level languages like Lisp, Olog, and so forth, versus trying to, you know, write an assembler, which would have been maddening, I'm sure. <laughs> Although super fast. Or you're just, or you're just me. And the thing I'll mention at the end, I built using old school PHP scripting and yeah. PowerPoint, uh, which uh, you'll, you'll see in a moment. But uh, before we get to that, uh, I had a quick mini review. I bought an Anchor Power Tank and Base a couple of weeks ago on Black Friday sales because I wanted yeah. to upgrade from my Zendura power bank that I'd had for a number of years. Not necessarily that there's anything wrong with the Zendura, but sure. you know the, the Anchor one was shiny and it had a magnetic charging base and it could report output power, you know, how quickly it was powering something and what the draw was and all that on its shiny LCD. And uh, what I have found is that not only is the Anchor Power Tank smaller than my mm -hmm. other one in terms of capacity, it's 20,000 milliamp hours instead of 27,000 milliamp hours. Okay. Uh, it also doesn't 
really it's trickle mode doesn't properly work for certain things. So if I try to charge my Apple Watch Ultra 2 using the Apple charger, USB-C charger, right. it will about after 20 minutes or so just power off the port. Figuring because the draw isn't enough for it to even think it's doing anything. So it just powers itself off and then you think your watch is charging, but it isn't. Because oh. the port's unplugged, you have to unplug and replug. If I plug it into the USB-A power port using an older Apple Watch charger, it will work for that. But huh. it, of course, won't charge as fast as it would over USB-C. Versus the Zendora power bank, which just works fine with USB-C. No. Yeah, it has no problem. And it has a trickle mode smart. as well. So yeah, the Anchor one is trying to be too smart. Uh, I like the the new one. It's nice to have a secondary big battery that can power my laptop and, and things like that. So I do think it's a good purchase that I'm happy to have. But I might still continue to travel with the Zendora one just because I know it can charge everything just fine. And it only takes 2% to charge my Apple Watch out of that one with its 27,000 milliamp hour capacity. Uh, Interesting. I By the way, did pick up... Uh, I was just going to say, just rub it in, because, you know, I can't buy battery or um, battery-based products in Hawaii via Amazon or most other things. It's really annoying. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. But you live in paradise. So. Yeah, but I can't get a battery. <laughs> yeah. What do you need a battery for? Just solar power everything, you know? Just, you know, I can find a lot of mineral. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I will say, though, I did also pick up at the same time a MagSafe 633 charger from Anchor, which sort of looks like Apple's old MagSafe charger, but it's got much higher capacity. It can recharge my iPhone uh, multiple times. And a friend bought me a 622, uh, which is the slightly smaller version for my birthday recently. So I have plenty of charging now, MagSafe charging, which is really nice when you're on the go, it'll be really useful the next time I'm out, you know, in the summer and things like that, where I don't want to have to have cables to charge. I can just pop something out of the back of my phone. Again, with the batteries. Again, again you're not going to get much sympathy out of me. You live in paradise. You know, we had a power outage. Your battle's going. We had a power outage here the other night. We were out for a couple hours. It wasn't too bad. It was, you know, middle nights. So basically, went to sleep, but... uh but uh, in the neighboring area, about a, about a mile from me, they're out for like, I think they're out 11 hours. So I know wow. grocery stores that throw away refrigerated, you know, open refrigerated items that are normally kind of in an open area, but not behind doors. <laughs> and so they had to toss like meat and fish and all kinds of stuff. It was pretty sad. One of our grocery stores here recently just had a, a power outage that got that lost them all their eggs and some of their dairy. Uh, that was sort of annoying. They seem to be mostly back to it when I was there a couple of days afterwards. Yeah, but it must have been. Yeah, expensive. power is an important thing. Yeah. Yeah, I was surprised that the store didn't have a generator, you know, for at least open air stuff. Anyway. Um, Andrew, uh, you're making me feel bad, but go ahead. <laughs> well, the, this will make you feel better. So the last thing I have is my Christmas gift to the world. Uh, those that know me know that I like collecting different humorous meme photos. And my collection, just like my bad photo, my bad joke Saturday has been going on for a long time. My meme collection has been going on for at least 10 years now. Wow. And uh, I recently decided that for Christmas this year, I am opening up the meme collection to anyone who wants it. And also, I've built a little fun uh, game where you can pit uh, meme against meme and tell me which one you think is funniest. 
So if you go to johnwestfall.com slash Xmas slash 2023, uh, you'll see a PowerPoint presentation because this was where I got really lazy with it. Uh, I made a PowerPoint that is a Christmas card. And then after 10 seconds, it transitions to a screen that says the gift of laughter. Uh, and you've got options for head-to-head -head voting where it will show you two memes and you can decide which one you like the best. And you can just rotate through the whole thing if you want. It'll randomly just choose two things and do head-to-head -head voting. You can, of course, view the leaderboard to see where uh, your, your laughter is ranking. And also, you, know, you can choose the entire collection if you want, and it will load up all of the thousand or so images uh, as thumbnails, and you can go through and view them. Uh, some are screen caps, some are things from Twitter or X, some are from Tumblr, so they're just comics, a whole bunch of stuff from all over the place. Uh, that uh, Eventually, what I'd like to do is build out a tagging interface so that people could actually tag their favorites by you know what they're from and, and where they're from and those sorts of things but yeah it's all on if you go to johnwestfall.com slash xmas slash 2023 it'll take you there but you can just go to slash xmas and you can see christmas cards going back to 2006 uh from my wife and i if you want to go back and look at all those various things as well all right and you're going to put this in the the show notes for us right Yep, it's all at the bottom of the show notes, so you've got that uh, in our Google Doc. Oh, I don't see it. Do you see the Google Doc? Yes, I'm looking at the Google Doc right now for 489. Should be the last bullet. Christmas gift to the world. Well, no, I don't see it. Maybe let me see. Let me. Well, we will sort this out later. We will <laughs> technical problems. Figure this out. You will. We will figure this out. Yeah, let me yeah, let me re refresh my screen. Maybe that's what's needed. Although you, Google Doc is you pretty good about. Nope, still don't see it. That's okay. Um, okay. I let's see. I'm just that, trying to think. If, go ahead. Well, that is that is what I have before our before I go on a slight hiatus for Christmas for a week. But, uh, <laughs> one one thing I did want to mention is I don't know, I guess you can call it technology is Netflix for the first time released a Netflix engagement report and it's in an Excel Excel spreadsheet so you can download it and fuss with it and basically look at you know what the most viewed videos are on netflix.com um, which movies TV shows whatever I guess I, I haven't I, I looked at it but I don't remember what it was you know it was it's a long spreadsheet uh, so go to uh, about that about dot netflix.com and I think there's probably an entry called what we watched uh, Netflix, what we watch, colon, and Netflix engagement report. And it's, it's kind of fun to look at to, to see what's the most popular videos worldwide. Um, as we close out, I guess, for, for well, at least for John, I might do one more this year. I might do a mini podcast. I have to, I want to test the microphone before the end of the year. But as uh, John closes out for this year, I think, I'm trying to, I know you're not available Christmas. I'm just trying to look what the, oh, 31st, New Year's Eve, maybe you aren't closing out yet. But just in case John has to. Yeah, I'll probably be back for that one. Yeah, but in case you have you know, other things to do that, that afternoon. Uh, thank you, John. It's been, you know, it's always it's always a pleasure talking to you. It's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate you being available, you know, so frequently. Uh, you know, except for your. I think that's now <laughs> 10, 10 years, if I remember no. right. Because, we, yeah, it was, I think, uh, December of 13 or so that I started uh, recording with you back in the, 
the double digits of mobile views. I think we were yeah. at mobile views 78 or something right. like this. Um, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun for me and a lot of uh, exciting things have happened over Boy, that time, which is kind of interesting to just think about how much has changed since we uh, we started. Well, you started this obviously before that, but since I started joining you, many, many things have uh, come and gone. Well, you know, podcasting with you has really transformed the podcast. I mean, not just because it's you and me. But in the early days, this was when I was a full-time blogger, and this was just a way to, you know, fill up my blog queue, a lot of items. And so I'd have, you know, I'd have one-shot guests on, you know, from the industry usually, um, and you know, I'd interview them about, you know, their product or service or whatever, which was interesting. It was a lot of fun, and I'd kind of like to revisit some of those one of these days to see where they are, the products, if not the people themselves. Um, like Smule, you know, I did a couple interviews with uh, Ga Wang, their, I think their CTO and co-founder. And I don't even know where Smule is these days. You know, they, they had some really fun audio products for musical audio products with iPhone. But um, so it was one shot. It was, it was fun. I learned a lot. But since, you know, having you on board, especially, you know, we've had a bunch of our friends on and it's been, um, it's, it's been really interesting reconnecting with everybody via the podcast. And I think that's got value in and of itself. Regardless of, you know, if we have only fives of listeners or thousands of listeners, as it once did, by the way, many years ago, <laughs> when I was a full time blogger. As soon as blogger, I started, uh, it went downhill, you know, I, no, I know no. the, the viewer count. The listener count are just the quality listeners. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's, it's quality, not quantity. It was, it's basically, and I used to have an audience uh, as a full time blogger on a, you know, kind of an advertised site, so to speak. So that's the difference. But that's okay. I got a really snarky email, by the way, um, from a you know one of those marketing type firms that go, that that noted, hey, you've got thirty two podcasts on YouTube video. I've actually got you know four hundred or something, um, and you know you've only got one comment. And I was like, wow, I got a comment. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know I had that. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, you know, you're obviously not reaching anybody. Blah blah blah. Says, oh my god, man. <laughs> Like just like I like it, not reaching any. <laughs> yeah, I I always get those same emails that are the oh we want to do a sponsored post and we want to it's like you don't look at my blog do you because if you yeah. did you'd know that that's really not anything I do. Yeah. Well, you should say sure, million bucks you're in. Yeah, yeah. If they really want it, uh, that's that's no problem at all. Yeah, I can, I can help you out with that. Yeah. Yeah, and tell and you'll repost it every couple of weeks for a million bucks. Oh yeah, that's no problem. Anyway, so uh, to the fives of listeners, if any of you are involved with any of these marketing people, tell them to be less snarky if they want to get business. I mean, not that I would respond in any case, but I'm now calling out their snarkiness. Uh, in fact, I'll probably mention them next time. I got to go look up the email. Yeah. You know, just to be snarky. Uh, I I can point out that my first podcast with you was Mobile Views Podcast sixty nine. Yeah, life after Windows Phone, Microsoft Project Sienna, and credit card security. Uh, that was, uh, and it was posted on December twenty second, twenty thirteen. Wow, ten years ago exactly, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. that's amazing. And yeah, Windows Phone, oh, good golly, um, that is sad. That is a very sad story. I, it was a, it was yeah. a great class. And it was, yeah, it was fun while it didn't last. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I still think I have a Windows phone over here somewhere. I think I still have my neck or uh, my Windows Phone Seven, the the HTC one that we got. Uh, yeah, you know, they first came out, and that was the one that I I did not even get to when I wrote Windows Phone Seven made simple. I wasn't even I didn't even have that phone at that time. That was that book. If you look at it, if you can find your copy, which yeah, you know, I pulled none of them pretty much. Uh, I still owe the publisher quite a bit on those. Uh, but anyway, uh, the screenshots are literal camera screenshots because Windows Phone didn't have an ability to take a screenshot. I remember that. I literally, yeah, the very first version of Windows Phone, I think later versions of it did get the screenshot ability rather quickly, but the very first pre-release version did not have an ability natively to take screenshots. So I had to use a DSLR and set my settings as good as I could to get actual pictures of the screen to describe what was going on. Yeah, I think the other way to do it, but it really didn't work, uh, you know, for like third-party apps that, you know, you only had binaries for. If you're a dev, I think you could use the developer environment to, you know, do screen essentially screenshots on your PC of what you're developing. But You that was, could, but, but part, you just get like today, phone. like, yeah, just like today when you do the... Um, you know, the developer version of iOS and such, you don't have access to everything because there's no, you know, hardware built in for it. Uh, it was the same thing. You didn't have access to all of the different screens if you were just doing it through the right. SDK. Ah, uh, the good old days, John. I know. <laughs> anyway, do you have a Merry Christmas? I will, perhaps we'll be able to reconvene New Year's Eve. Yep, that's the plan as of now, unless uh, my super yeah. secret mission runs over. Okay, and if it does, it does, you know, and I'll do maybe a mini podcast. I I still have to do a podcast about this laugh mic I got that very disappointing. It's like it's the fourth laugh mic I've gotten, and it's the most disappointing of all four. I, I may have to spring some actual money and buy a big name brand to do the, the my, uh, you know, in-person podcast, which are rare enough that I'm kind of reluctant to spend money. But anyway, it, it has been, again, pleasure, always a pleasure working with you on this for no money <laughs> really appreciate you and uh in case we don't do another podcast this year everybody have safe and happy holidays merry christmas happy hanukkah kwanzaa i don't know what the rest are but there's a lot this time of the year uh whatever it is you celebrate have a good one have a safe one we'll talk to you later All right.